Did you see this guy who tried to jump out of a fight, uh, fighter? This is different today because nobody can look at even you guys can't look at YouTube videos. So there's a there's a video on the on yes the, we can on the web. I see. I I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and it's a small trainer jet. You know, okay. one of these front for, front back. You know, what, I can never get it straight. Is that tandem? That's tandem. That's tandem. Tandem is front back. Okay, so it's a fight. It's a, one of these, probably a trainer of some sort. Jeb will look it up and actually tell us what it is. And it uh, not going to happen. And the guy in the rear seat, as we see the video starts, he opens the canopy, slides the canopy back, uh-huh. and starts to climb out. They're in flight. I mean, they're. Uh-huh. I, I mean, I don't know. And I would one would imagine they're not going very fast because this guy doesn't seem to be all that buffeted by the wind. But he tries to climb out. Apparently, because he's wearing a big parachute and the whole thing. Uh-huh. And uh, presumably, he's going to get the you know brownie points or whatever, be able to put it in his logbook that he parachuted from a, from a jet. But he can't get out. He's stuck. He, the, there's enough wind blast that he can't get out of the cockpit and, and out into the wing. <laughs> and he's just like, he's he leans out and he reaches and he, at one point he actually, so this is the type of jet that has the uh, jet intake right uh-huh. below the rear seat. And he literally reaches down and puts his hand on the edge of the, of the uh, and I'm thinking, well, do you really, really want to fall in front of that? Even if it's not big enough for you to go in, you could get jammed against yeah, it. Yeah, that's and, a very bad idea. Yeah. So he's fighting to try and get free of this airplane so that he can make the jump. I mean, I guess that's what he was trying to do. And um, and after a couple minutes, he gives up and goes back uh, and, and climbs. And I'm almost equally amazed that he was able to climb back in um, because he had to then make the cur- make the make the corner to kind of get back into the cockpit and and not get his parachute entangled against the front edge of the canopy um and so he actually manages to get back in and, and sit down and all this to make a youtube video <laughs> well, well that's p- perhaps what they were doing you're absolutely right i don't know but it's uh it's crazy you have you looked at you have it there uh, no i don't have it there um, okay. um so this was a two ship uh thing no it appeared that the camera was mounted on the wingtip okay okay um, well, I don't know what to tell you. Um, sounds like they maybe should have thought about this a little bit more in the yeah. hangar before, okay. before, uh, I don't know. Yeah. One would hope that the pilot knew it. No, the pilot clearly knew because the pilot didn't freak out at all. The pilot was keeping the airplane kind of straight yeah. and level. And, uh, I agree with Jeb. I, it appears they did not do the math. I guess they could I mean, have known what the wind was going to do. But in theory, you're supposed to be able to jump out of these things if you need to in a pinch with an injection seat. Well, yeah, not inverted with, or with an injection seat, yeah, or okay, you know what I mean? Ejection seat. Ejection. Yeah, the yes. injection seat would probably that would be bad. That would hurt. hurt. That would do a very different thing. <laughs> that would hurt. That would yeah. do a very different thing. What is this? An L thirty L twenty nine ish? Yeah, like that. I can't quite make. I'm not good at air, aircraft ID, um, but it's like that. Yes. Uh, and uh, yeah, so there you right, go. I'll, I'll push play. On I mean, who among us has not had an urge to climb out of the airplane and, and leave it in flight here? Uh, well, at uh, least let Emmy peek me. at the, uh, the. I've never had the urge. I've done it, but I've never yeah. had the urge yeah. to do it. Well, what I was what I was about to joke was that uh, <laughs> this is a, this is a, an extreme variation on on Dave opening the the uh, window to get a picture. <clears throat> It's like, what are you doing back there? Well, and I, I, I've got the sound turned down, and I can I can see this, but I mean, uh, it's pretty bright out here. But can yeah. you see that? Yeah, that's just silliness. 
Yeah. So there he goes. Yeah. And he's he's reaching out and he's like, and then he reaches down to the jet intake. That's one I yeah, like. Yeah. And then like, he thought maybe that was a bad idea. I don't think he got that far in the thinking process, to be honest with you. And, and all the guy in front has to do is, is roll inverted. Yeah, go inverted. Yeah. And this guy's he's done with this guy. See you later. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just stupid. it's. I wish I had a penny for every. Well, <laughs> I wish I heard could hear the inner cockpit. Inter, the intercom. Wish we had a recording of the intercom. Uh, assuming the guy's on intercom still. The guy be, in front's got to be like, dude. Yeah, yeah, really. Come on. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways. All right. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, um, no the, real- these were originally built with ejection seats yes. in them. Yeah. For a reason. Yeah. That was an interesting, by the way, Jeb. Jeb, uh, you were watching last night um, For All Mankind. Right, the uh, the uh, alternate reality uh, NASA right. series, um, and and I happened to be glancing in at one point when a character ejected out of a out of a trainer jet, I believe it was probably a T thirty eight. Yeah, um, I thought it was an interesting, uh, just you know, way of presenting you know shooting and and uh, as uh, I don't know was just, the scene specifically you know um, yeah done. I mean. I don't, I don't. I don't think it was real. I think they recreated it in the oh, studio I'm sure. and did whatever. But you know, it's like the guy was having trouble. His wingman was talking to him and saying, "You know, you got to eject. You got to eject." And um, I thought where they were going with the scene was he was because this is a hot, hot shot. Excuse me, hot shot. Uh, uh, NASA astronaut who's now retraining or something like that. So the storyline goes, if I understand it correctly, and uh, and I thought, okay, well, you know, he's not. He's gonna go down with the airplane because he's, he refuses to eject. It's just a, that's too much of an admission of failure or something like that. But yeah. but no, he eventually kind of did it and, he, and it. and it was just interesting the way they showed him reaching down and grabbing the hand. For all I know, this wasn't even a realistic ejection seat mechanism, but he reached down and grabbed the handles and the thing shot up and he went way up. Like, I mean, like he mm-hmm. went up for a long time, longer than I would have expected. Again, this could be totally not real, but this is what the movie showed. They had pretty good rockets on the bottom of those little things, yeah. and uh, so he, and then they showed him watching the the, the jet kind of head to the head to the water because he's over the Gulf of Mexico, I believe, and uh, and then and then at a certain point he got ejected from the seat, which struck me as kind of violent. I didn't expect it to be. And again, they're just again, that's, I this may not be real. A typical I, sequence. Yeah, so. um, I'm glad to believe. It. But isn't doesn't the seat have um, emergency stuff in it? Which. Well, like, generally, like, isn't the raft? Full disclaimer: here. I've never ejected from a, an airplane. I have no plans to eject from an airplane. I have no experience with ejection seats. I am told. Okay. I am told. Yeah. That survival gear is attached to your the harness you wear. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess. And I as you separate, when you separate from the seat, it will will stay with you, tethered to your harness. And hit the water just before you do to help you gauge how high you are. Are you getting the boat is raising her hand? I, here. She, Can you she's hot, this? she's waving her arms and jumping up and down in her chair. What? I think she has something to add. <laughs> I've been spending too much time around my mother. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, what? I actually did ejection training, ejection seat training. Really? Okay. What was that like? The uh, US Navy in Pensacola Ooh. and it is a a a seat on a rail in a room and they scare the crap out of you and then you reach and they yell eject 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 and you reach between your yeah. legs and there is a big hoop that you grab and you go whoom like seen that pictures. Yeah, yeah yeah and then boom you go up the rail and you go huh that wasn't such a big deal 
after after being pumped up the way that they pump you up. Um, but I had to do that because of a story that I was working on that put me into aircraft that had ejection seats. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I never actually ejected, but I did have to wear all that equipment, and it's about 50 pounds yeah. of equipment as you're walking out mm-hmm. down the ramp in Meridian, Mississippi. And there are pictures of this. I want pictures. I want it's, video. It was the January 1990 cover story of Flying Magazine. First Whoa. cover story. I had an I learned so, about flying from that in the January 91. There you go. Of flying so there was overlap. Mm-hmm. See? Yeah. In fact, it's not impossible that I edited it. <laughs> it's not. And sent you the, and, I, and made sure you got paid. Uh, it probably isn't. <laughs> I used to I used to write for the Timex Sinclair user group newsletter. That works. <laughs> Flying magazine. Writing is writing, Surrounded man. by greatness. I'm surrounded by greatness. Oh, stop um, it. One last thought. <laughs> yeah, Higdon used it. to tell the story. Higdon told us the story one time. Um, he did the helicopter egress training where they drop the co- they drop the fuselage into the water right. and flip it upside down. Yeah, he did underwater. that at Bombardier. At Bombardier, uh, apparently. Yeah. And uh, he he tried to sell that it was uh, no big deal. We did the thing. Not <laughs> true. It's it's scary. Uh, I I I get how important that training is. Do I get to wear a, like a full scuba gear? Outfit? No, you don't. No, the you guys don't, outside. Do. Apparently, there's some helpers nearby, <laughs> but no. Apparently, you're you're just wearing whatever you'd be wearing, and yeah, you got it. You're and you're strapped in. Until it's inverted, apparently, and then you got to get out. Oh man! No. Yeah, I got to do the um, flight safety um, ditching in their giant pool in Savannah with the Gulf Stream fuselage, where you have to wait till things fill up, and you have to brief everybody, and then you have to open it. They have a real, you know. Uh, emergency exit that you have to pull and you have to pull the right one not the wrong one and get out on the wing the things we do to be able to sit at a bar late one night and say yeah i'm a pilot (laughs) right right on that note welcome folks to uh, uncontrolled airspace the general aviation podcast i'm jack this is different today this is a very very different this is very nice what's your name again yeah okay uh we're uh, so we're, we're all three together, which is, doesn't usually happen. That's but right. uh, uh, we are sitting uh, out on uh, Jeb's pool deck here at uh, at an undisclosed location, where somewhere uh, near Sarasota, somewhere Florida. near Sarasota, Florida, and uh, and and Amy's with us, of course, as you've as you've heard already. And uh, we're just kind of sitting around a table out here and having it's a beautiful day. It's uh, it is, um, and uh, it's although this morning was kind of Florida cold, right? It was like 58 degrees. Florida I was talking to, cold. I love it. Yeah. yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine back up in New England, and I said, it's, it's, it was cold here this morning, 58. And she when she stopped laughing, all right? <laughs> um, I've got a buddy of mine sent me sent me uh, images from Albany, New York. Snow, I don't know, six inches of snow covering everything and uh, expecting more tomorrow. And I haven't even bothered responding. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Like, yeah. Dude, you know. Anyways, I'm enjoying my little respite here from uh, early winter New England uh, down here visiting Jeb, and uh, um, and so that's where I am. And <laughs> Jeb, where are you? Jeb's. I'm home, guys. You know, I'm, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be. I'm, Good morning, I'm, Jeb. How I'm you doing? Home. I'm I'm sitting on my deck. I'm having some uh, uh, conversations with some good friends and. Uh, it is what it is. Very cool. And Amy LeBoat is here. Hi, Amy. How are you? I'm 
doing terrific. I got a chance to fly this morning, right. so uh, life doesn't get much better than that. I know. You flew up from uh, from your home base down a little bit further to the south. South, yes. You can't see that, folks, but I just pointed in the correct direction for south. Jack has been confessing to me that he is directionally challenged sometimes yeah. when he is not uh, well, uh, uh, at, at readily familiar surroundings. Okay. So clearly Jeb is memory challenged because this used to be a thing on the podcast of me getting directions wrong. Um, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> I confess it. I And I tried to explain it to you the other day. It's because for some reason the way my brain works if I if I First time I sort of imprint on an area's directions, you know, orientation. Mm-hmm. If I do, if I get it right the first time, it sticks. I'm very good at it, all right? But if I get it wrong the first time I'm in a spot, it's liable to stick for a long time to come. Um, and it has been here. For years, I thought that was, um, wait a minute, I thought that was south, which I'm pointing to the west, okay? Um, for some are, reason, I are thought... Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And sadly... And sadly, one of the other places in the world where I imprinted wrong when the first time I went was was Whitman Field in Oshkosh. Oh. And so as a result, I so saw... So oh, you, know, that is tragic. your closest friends saw you do this. Yes. And and you're never going to live it down. Nope. <laughs> There's even nope. runways nope. with markings. With numbers on them. Well, that's okay. Yeah. Once upon a time, in, in, the, in the world of DGs, I had a rapid turn and did not reset the DG and took off in the exact opposite direction of where I needed to go for about four miles, at which point I went, seriously? <laughs> this is so wrong. Okay. This is not so, see, the way I meant So it's to not go. just me, huh? No. Jeb, of course, has never no. gone in the wrong direction. I, 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 I never did that again, but... <laughs> I took off one day um, from my uh, the airport where I learned to fly. I was um, taking care of some personal business there. And I had my own airport vehicle at the time at that airport. And uh, I'd been hanging around in the hangar and talking to some of the line guys and the maintenance people and people I've known for, for a long, long time. And uh, finished with all that and said, hey, I'm, I'm done. I'm out of here. Walked over to the airplane, climbed in, took off. I was 45 minutes down the road before I realized, remember that I left my airport car just sitting there with the door open, with my cell phone, with a whole bunch of other stuff. <laughs> and oh, I feel much better t- now. Turned around and went back, and no one said anything to me. I just taxied up to where the car was, moved it, got all my junk out of it, got back in my airplane, turned around and took off. No one said a word, didn't, you know. And, and no one knows about that story except the two of you so please okay. please keep it confidential we'll keep it to I, ourselves. I wouldn't want it to get no, out I wouldn't want it to get out okay <laughs> right. wouldn't want it to be in the public wouldn't want it to get out all right i think this is the last video on the list so apologies um this is a, sh- a, sh- a short video of in the cockpit of an airliner on short final making a uh, low low to minimums um approach to a runway and and as we see the video begin, the um, it's it's visibility is not great, but he can see he or she whoever the pilot is can see the airport lights, you know the the rabbit and that kind of thing. All right, the lead in, yeah. And so they're continuing to the landing, and then suddenly, like practically over the numbers, all right, everything disappeared. Okay, um, and uh, oh yeah, and they. Uh, 
and they executed a, a miss go around and climbed out and apparently that's where the video ends the caption indicates that they managed to land successfully the next time but it, it's just a, it's an interesting cautionary tale Jeb we talked on a recent episode about that video of the helicopter were you with us on that one we did it was a couple episodes ago there was the video of the helicopter f- scud running along the ridges yeah, I remember um, and um, and camera he, from inside the ca- from cabin inside, and, and, and how yeah. the visibility went to zero mm-hmm. so fast, yeah. right? And he actually cra- he actually yeah. contacted terrain, mm-hmm. um, but uh, um, it's just yet another. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I bring it up here just because it's a cautionary tale to everybody. To just be, you know, don't think that because you're over the numbers you got it. You know, it's like this. Oh no, IFR is IFR, yeah. and the rules are very clear about what you're supposed to do if well, you lose contact with the runway. And it goes for for VFR too. Not yeah. so much losing contact with a runway but losing contact you're, you're, with the ground you're never committed to land you can always go around yeah. vfr or ifr this is very important and it's very important and, and if there's something wrong you know oh gee i forgot to put the gear down or did i really complete the checklist or um you know a tower or a, a uncontrolled non-towered airport someone taxis out in front of you and starts to take off guys go around yeah and, and we should always be prepped to go around um, simply because the best case scenario is you land. The worst case scenario is something else. So always be prepped to go around. Yeah, yeah. The comments on this video, I wasn't actually comments, it was a Twitter thread, but the, the follow-on um, uh, discussion, if you will, comments, um, was kind of interesting because there were a, a, a good number of people who said, good on this pilot, just exactly the right thing to do, you know, absolutely right. And then there's a whole bunch of, you know, and you could call them, you know, not smart, you know, idiots or Flight whatever. Flight sim tourists? Yeah, over there, yeah, something like that, who go, no, why couldn't you just land, you know? I mean, like, these things will auto-land. There, there's a lot of foolishness. Went, you know, it's like, no, <laughs> he did exactly, you know. They were complaining about the lost time, and they were complaining about the wasted fuel, and it was like, no, you know. But there was a good, there was a good uh, you know, kind of, I don't know what the word would be, plurality. It was about 50-50. People were saying, good job, did the right thing, excellent, and then people who just didn't know what they, most of them were just, Uninformed. Well, I think I think that actually, you know, did the right thing is, is certainly true. But you know, they're kind of sort of required to do what they did. Yeah, yeah it's not even about that. Yeah, it it it's mandatory. Yeah. Yeah. Any any other situation, yeah. you, I hope you declared an emergency because now you've recorded yourself doing something that breaks an FAR. Right. Yeah. So. But uh, the, like I said, the, the, to me, the, one of the big lessons that came out of this was just a, an illustration. Here's an example of how quickly visibility can go to zero, you know, yet again. And uh, it, that is correct. It, it was you pretty know. shocking, you know, because I'm not, you watch this video and you'll get a chance to watch it later on. But uh, it's, uh, you know, I mean, it's it was visibility was not great. It was never clear, you know. But but you could see the lights. You could you could sort of make out the beginning of oh, the yeah. runway at the beginning of the video they had it made yeah yeah, yeah right on right on the right on the glide path and, mm-hmm. and had airport in sight no worries yeah had the runway in sight yeah well and, uh, that's not uncommon here in the winter time mm-hmm. yeah. uh, that's the kind of kind of weird fog that we get yeah and was, what i was going to say is with the helicopter one you need to understand the helicopter rules are really different yes and he was legal right up until the point where he lost complete contact with everything. And theoretically, the reason the rules are different is because helicopters can stop. Yes. 
Yeah, I'm aware of that, and that's a good point. I think we talked about that on the when we when we covered that. But yeah, it's uh, helicopters are different. Although this guy was really cutting it. I mean, he was very very close to this undercast and very close to the hills below him. And uh, well, that yeah. il- illustrates and the why it's thing, not a good idea. Although it's idea. interesting, you, you make a make a very valid point. Is that the, one of the reasons the rules are different is because a helicopter can stop. All right, and this guy didn't stop, which was kind of interesting. All right, um, it it the, what it looked like, and again, we don't know exactly what was going through his mind. We don't know exactly what the situation was, but the helicopter guy didn't appear to stop forward motion. He just made a one eighty. All right, and that didn't get him immediately out of the out of the uh, the, the the zero visibility, and it did. He was going through a, a notch in the hills, and so unfortunately, it aimed him right at a, a, a little peak, a higher terrain. And so, anyways, be careful out there because it can change very, very suddenly. That's why I like terrain mapping in my airplane. Yeah, if it's accurate. Well, that's my question. I guess do you, you, you obviously, you apparently trust it. Is it good enough? If it's accurate. Mm-hmm. And I trust it right up until the point where I don't trust it, yeah. which is well, if I'm so close to the ground that it's red, then I should not be trusting it. That's a that great. lets you know that in my world, you're unless I'm landing and on the glide slope, I'm not in the red. Yeah, yeah. My, yeah. my uh, gear used to, this is several iterations ago and several... Uh, software updates, data updates uh, ago, but um, whenever I would land or take off here at home, um, the fact that I was using an airport wasn't really known to the equipment. Didn't have you in the database. Didn't have you in the database. As far as the database was concerned, I was I was in a cornfield somewhere. You know. And as soon as I had the gear in the well, it got red, and coming in. Short finally got red, and, and yeah. but I can see, you know. So sometimes you have to take everything with a grain of salt. You one know, of uh, one of one of the things yeah. I was going to say about my equipment is that it creates an SAP approach, a synthesized uh, three degree glide slope approach for just about every airport in its database, unless it doesn't have enough data to do so, which. This airport, you get the warning comes up when you go to hit SAP and set it all up, and it goes, nope. And that usually means that it's either too small or too rural mm-hmm. or there's too many obstacles mm-hmm. and they're not interested. On the other hand, it's, it's really easy to use for flight or even the Garmin interface to set up a waypoint five Correct. miles out from the threshold. Mm-hmm. And just fly that, and you can kind of thumbnail the descent rate if mm-hmm. you had to. And I'm not suggesting anyone should do that, no, of no, course. No. This is called build your own VFR exactly. approach. Exactly. Yeah. These are SAPs are all visual This approaches. is all visual. Exactly. One of the uh, – one of the back when we were doing um, AcroCamp with, with – with, uh, Tupper. Tupper. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the instructors told a story that was kind of interesting about how um, up in that – so this is up in, uh, in Michigan. Um, so that's sort of the Plains um, agriculture area and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And lots of towers out there, obviously. We all know about towers, and you keep an eye on the towers, and the towers are charted, and, and the nav systems know about towers, all right? Mm-hmm. 
But he was observing that towers were disappearing up there. They were being disassembled, but not getting decharted. Is that the right word? Is that a good yes. word? Decharted? All right. They were not coming out of the system. Not only not only coming out of the paper charts, but not coming out of the NAB systems, the electronic charts. And so he told a story about how he was flying around up there one time in an area where he was familiar, very familiar with the area, and he knew there used to be a tower right there, but it's not there. And it's VFR. You can see the tower's not there, all right? But his NAB system is losing its little mind, all right? Going, you're going to hit the tower. You're going to hurt the tower. It was really... You're going to die. Yeah, yeah. There's a tower right there. I'm telling you right now. Yeah, so... uh, Yeah, it's true. My master caution goes off when obstacles are detected. So that's another one of those uh, flashing red lights. Yeah, I got to get me one of those. It's a sweet little thing, but it's, you know, you got to stop and go, okay, now what? (laughs) I got to get me one of those master caution things. Nice. Even if it's just there to to make people smile. Yeah. Get one that you can punch, by the way. They're much better if they've got a clicky. Oh, yeah, it's much better when you can punch. (laughs) Absolutely. Clicky, clicky. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. I was about to make no. Never mind. I'm not going. I was. Yeah, I was going to cross a line. We should move on. From yeah, I, I think I was about to cross the same line. Isn't that interesting? Um, hi, Amy, how you doing? Uh, so, uh, ingenuity is still flying. God bless yeah. its little yeah. helicopter heart or oh, rotorcraft heart. Isn't it's, it magnificent? Yeah, ingenuity is the rotorcraft that went to Mars. Like I, I, I don't know, a long time ago now. How long has it been there? Probably says in this story. Um, it's a shame we don't have some device yeah, we can use. I know. Use I know. To- I know. Um, it launched in July of 2020. When did it land? It, it did its first... Wow, look at this. It did its first flight in April of 21. So it's a year yes. and a half. Yeah. Yes, it was only supposed to do three uh, or five three or, or five something. Like that. Yeah. It's up to 34 yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, and uh, They're very just, excited. Yeah. should yeah. hire these guys to make more uh, this is aircraft. like This is like... You know what? This is almost like the NASA of our childhood. But this Jeb, is... you and my childhood. She, the, the kid here. She the kid really here. Yeah. Oh, stop it. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, NASA's been doing some cool things. We just the other day we saw the uh, splashdown of uh, the uh, Artemis Orion. Artemis One, um, yeah. and that was pretty cool. And, but that, and it was all run by code. Yeah, Jack, yeah. there were no bugs. Yeah, it's amazing. Know, right? No bugs that we know. Of. I mean, I, yeah, well, we all you know we all live with our computers and know how scary this can be. Well, but, it's uh, all automated now. Yeah. I don't think anybody's pushing any buttons. They're yeah, just watching. That presumes that you got like meters and feet straight, and uh, you know, well, there's that too. We we messed that up in your NASA. Yeah, I know, well, I know we did. I know maybe that was the turning point. I don't know. Yeah. And, uh, but uh, is this the right planet? Even yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. Really? No, I think. We hit the right planet just really hard yeah. um, on that meters and feet thing. <laughs> Bound, bounced right off that atmosphere. Yeah. Damn. But ingenuity's still flying, and yeah. that's very, very cool. And um, did you see Goodnight, Opie? Oh, no, I haven't seen oh, that. Uh, the, the, the documentary, documentary about is the, uh, so good. Yeah. Oh, it's worth the worth the time. Really? I, saw, I scrolled past it the other day. It's on, what? Go back. I didn't think I was, yeah, I didn't think I was gonna feel, but you get emotionally involved in this damn robot by the time it's over. (laughs) Sounds like like the Penguin movie. And I'm not just saying that because I recognized people in the room there. Because I have a friend who is now the lead, I think, or somewhere close to the lead manager on uh, perseverance and and the ingenuity and mm-hmm. all that stuff projects mm-hmm. that are on there now. 
And she's a very interesting soul. And I sit on a board with her. And um, I love that she comes to board meetings and goes, okay, I got to jump off now because I got this other meeting. And we're like, no, no, go back to Mars, honey. And she yeah. lives on Mars time. You know, that's I'm going to say that's something weird. <laughs> I'm going to say something that may sound uh, disingenuous or like I'm like I'm I'm just saying it for the benefit of, of Amy being here. But I really truly believe this is the difference in NASA these days. The increasing number of women that you see in leadership and engineering positions there, I think it's very cool. And I, I think it probably I think that probably has a lot to do with it. Um, but I also think a it's a completely different group of people coming up into that engineering role as opposed to the military industrial complex types from 1960s yes i um, agree with so, you so so there's, oh, there's, I see what you're saying. there's that more. aspect yeah, okay. there's there's kids who kids who grew up with Sad, the space shuttle yeah. or or with or or with apollo or something like that who say i want to do that when i grow up when there wasn't anything for you and i to look at when we were kids other than, you know, yeah, I want to do that, but it's too late because I suck at math. You know. Yeah. What are you going to say, Amy? That was the beauty of this documentary because they actually show kids in the room who won a prize and got to be in the room at the liftoff of the early stuff mm-hmm. in like 01. And they went on and they became those people in the room for the later stuff. Right. And there was that that what you're saying is absolutely true. But there have always been some very instrumental women at NASA. They just Mm -hmm. haven't their profiles haven't been that high. And that's where it for all mankind is a fascinating um, examination of what ifs. From the perspective of what if and, and, and these women had had higher mm-hmm. uh, visibility mm-hmm. to the general public, mm-hmm. they were all there. They're all based on real individuals. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, go I'd... back, go back and look at kind of line up your history a little bit. Uh-huh. And Margot is based on the woman who was in the room. Okay. And, and I didn't know that. That's very interesting. Oh yeah, yeah. And all mankind as is, the, is the woman astronaut. Mm-hmm. There was, there was based one, on Sally one, Ride. Yeah, I was going to say one character's oh. named Sally Ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, just for the record, uh, for all mankind is the series that's on uh, Apple TV Plus, and mm-hmm. uh, um, and I and although I confess I have not watched other than bits and pieces recently because Jeb's been watching it, um, is uh, I've heard great things about it, especially as it as it kind of matured as a series. That is correct. Uh, I've heard that season one was that, and that's I started to watch season one and kind of lost interest, and then I've and then they've just finished, I believe, season three. And I've been hearing as as it's progressed, it's apparently gotten better and better, which sometimes happens. Um, so, uh, very cool, very cool, and congratulations, Ingenuity. Um, we uh, longtime listeners know we're a big fan of that program, and um, it's it's cool to see it's still going. Um, so there you go. What's so what's next, what's next year? What's next year? Uh, we're having too much fun here. We're not getting through the list. That well, it's very relaxing. The yeah, sun is uh-huh. shining. I had to get a hat. So that, you know, yeah, I don't uh-huh. come back with a sunburn. Oh, now we're going to talk about boring, just kind of important stuff. Um, the, this LODA termination, is this important? Is this notable? What's going I on don't, here? No, I think I know what this is, but I'm not sure. So as I understand it, and I'm probably wrong, so correct me, but at this, didn't this kind of all take a turn for the worse a few years back when they decided that they couldn't, CFIs couldn't train in the Kissimmee 
P51s that 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 was a that was a violation and so the way they band-aided it back then was they came up with this letter of something of DEA letter of uh, oh they couldn't train in anything experimental experimental it was really right. mess so they came up with this letter of deviation authority thing that was the band-aid that let CFIs train in these otherwise not allowed aircraft yeah um, but now they're getting rid of that. And because the story they I'm the rule. Well, did they? That's my question. Because the story here that and this is all I know is a story that we're looking at in AvWeb um, seemed to be saying that that and now they're going to feel they've they've now timed out the uh, you know they've kind of sunsetted the Loda thing and now they're going to change the rules to fix it. Well, they, that can't be true. They must have you know because you know because everybody agree everybody in 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 on on the ground or on the ground and in the sky anyone who's actually touches airplanes knows that that was a bad idea that well, makes t- cf training harder typically when something like this happens and i have no knowledge really of of what's been going on behind the scenes but typically when something like this happens um the faa or you know for that matter any other agency uh is confronted with something that um the statute and or the regulations that has really didn't consider and so to fix the thing permanently they may have to go back and ban something and maybe the language in the in this defense bill also says something to the effect that the FAA shall do X, Y, or Z to fix this longstanding uh, problem. And that's probably what's going on. Now they have f- official statutory authority that that uh, previous legislation or previous statute would not have supported. Yeah. Yeah. If so, that makes any sense at all. Anyways. You're looking at your iPad. I, like, I, maybe we don't need to be talking about because if you're if, if you're CFI who trains in experimental aircraft or any kind of – you probably know what's what and you right. know how to deal with it. Yeah, yeah that's – so Amy just wagged your finger in the sky. You, you're you one of these people? So have, yeah, have you had to get a load of a letter of DD? Yeah. You have I got one. it right away. Yeah. And and is it all aircraft or is it per type or something like that? Uh I'd have to look at it again, but I know it fixed the problem for me with the RV-10. Okay. That's all I needed yeah. it for. Yeah, because oh, you train occasionally in the RV-10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. yeah, Occasionally. Yeah. Well, at least occasionally. The other pilot who flies the RV-10 requires training, and the other pilot has a LODA, also a CFI. And how, con- I how convenient! It's a snake yeah. eating two snakes eating each other's tails, so to speak. That that could be interpreted. Badly. Interestingly, I really though, caring about the other pilot leads one to be more rigorous about the training. Sometimes not even as nice as you would be with a normal really? okay. client. See, uh, some you would... just did what? <laughs> See, some would think that that or WTF. Some would think that people would, people would use that as an opportunity to fudge the rules. And you're saying that's quite a the op- terrible idea. That's oh, a terrible it's idea. The, it's but... quite terrible. the opposite. I like my airplane, and I don't want it to be abused. Therefore, <laughs> so... I'm not going to let anybody. Break so, my airplane. You you want to keep your husband <laughs> safe because you don't want your airplane to get hurt. That is correct, and okay. and and he feels exactly the same way because he built it well, and he's the mechanic who maintains uh, it. If you break it, I have to fix it. In yeah. in yeah. fact, I would say he's even more adamant. 
Okay. <laughs> My All right. favorite SOB flight right. instructor. Listeners, fill us in. Uh, well, Amy obviously just has, but uh, if anybody out there knows what the deal is with this Lodo and it's going away and what replaced it and how is this going to work. Um, yeah. But it was stupid that we had to go get Lodos for, for that. Yeah, but it was apparently some bureaucrat who decided, oh, but you're breaking the rules. And the rules are all important, way more important. No, it was a court decision. It was a court decision. Oh, yeah. It was a court well, decision. That it I, was it, even it, worse. Kind of what I said. Yeah, the Loda was the the workaround that, that the FAA correct. had come up with many, many moons earlier. Right, right. Until it went to a court and the judge was like, he's trying to parse the world's commercial and, and certified and experimental. And this is what he came up with. Yeah. yeah. He or she, excuse yeah. me. All right, uh, moving on here. We've had a prelim from the NTSB on the uh, Dallas Air Show midair. Um, and, of course, that's it's a prelim. It's literally preliminary, so we still don't know exactly what happened. Um, it seems that one of the notable fa- – I want to say the word facts. I guess it's a fact um, – is that they were not assigned to different altitudes. They, Correct. Uh, they were, in fact, literally assigned to the same altitude. What is what is astonishing to me is that apparently no one questioned that in the briefing, and See, that makes no sense whatsoever. Not, I don't understand uh, how you could sit in a briefing knowing you had to go up and fly and hear that and not go bing, 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 bing. It seemed to me, too. It seemed to me, too. You would have different speed aircraft at the same altitude is just a bad idea, but that's apparently what they did. And, turns uh, out it was a bad idea. It turns, turns out it was yeah. a bad idea. And so the other, one of the tidbits that I pulled out of this this prelim was the fact that the uh, the fighter, I keep blanking, it's a P-64? 63. It's a P-63. Um was actually part of a flight of three. They were in formation. Um, they were cleared into the show line ahead of the B-17, and that's what's in the prelim. And then where I take it in speculation is that the accident, the, the mid-air P-63 got delayed, was lagging back. And and so this B-17 probably saw the other two aircraft ahead of them and thought, okay, there they are, I'm good, and and uh, but the P sixty one sixty three is trying to catch up, and I don't know. Is that a scenario? That, I mean, it's totally speculation. Um, it, it, based on what I what little I know, and I've not even looked at the prelim. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's reasonable speculation, yeah. but I don't know what else is going on. But well, uh, there's the the there are some serious issues with the Airbus, who is highly inexperienced. Oh, I hadn't and, heard that part. Yeah. Okay. Um. Also made some radio calls and changed things uh, that caused from the, the brief. P- yes, wow. caused the P sixty three to need to do what he was attempting to do. Really, is that in the prelim? I hadn't seen that. I, 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 that's actually um, on the radio. That's being this thing is being parsed out by several different people. Yeah, there's an awful lot of people YouTube, doing analysis. That's why I'm reluctant. There's a lot to, of yeah. Monday morning quarterbacking, yeah. but there is this on the tape. Yeah, and it's it's very clear that the Airbus changed something in the middle of what they were all doing. Called an audible. Called an audible, which is not done. That's another thing that's not done. So you had the double whammy of they should have never been at the same altitude, and then the Airbus suddenly telling the P-63 to do something different. It's a shame. Yep. Um, we're yep. starting to run out of B-17s and P-63s, too. No kidding. Really? Really? 
Um, different crash. Oh, did you know that aluminum overcast is going to be trucked back to Wisconsin, I think? Really? Why? Well, you know it's been down here trying to be fixed for I, years. I knew it was down here, but I... That didn't... was a long time ago, though, yes. wasn't it? How long has it been down here? I don't know. Couple three of years? Pandem- pre-pandemic. Four years? Yeah, pre-pandemic. Yeah. What's right. wrong with it? Well, it had structural failures that caused it not to be able to leave after uh, an air show or a vi- one of their times when they came circling through in Punta Gorda, and they had to take the wings off, and they had to start reforming. Stringers and stuff? Yeah, yeah big stuff. Yeah, Spars. bad. Not good. And now uh, Hurricane bo- Ian damaged it a little bit more. Oh, great. And Has Boeing been helping out on any of this? Uh, actually, there's been a couple of companies that are in Arcadia that gave donated um, hangar space and a couple of other things and helped tremendously. Uh, but it's been a very slow process because of the pandemic. And so I believe they are now working on a way to just take it apart and track it back to Wisconsin. Well, you know, they can you know, talk to uh, talk to the EAA people. Maybe they can do repair a, a bomber uh, instead of uh, uh, one one week repair instead of one week wonder. <laughs> get everybody in there, I pull see. a rivet, I and see. we'll get the sucker I done. Yeah, probably, yeah, but we need an air. Yeah, okay, yeah, all right, one week, one week. Yeah, okay, we'll come up with a name. We'll come yeah. up with it. Charlie, f- figure this out. You're the you're the master. That's right. That's yeah, right. right. So. Uh, Thank you for fixing, fixing my microphone, Jeb. I, it, it was I, making me nuts. I, apparently, I can imagine it was. I imagine it was. Um, where I, some of you may, you may at some point see a picture of our little setup here. It's very, very, it's very, very charismatic. Be, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, I know. And uh, my mic stand was having little troubles, and I was been fiddling with it, and apparently it made Jeb insane. Fluttering in the wind. So he just stepped in while Amy was talking and made a fix, which we'll see if his is better than mine. But it's doing good so far, so okay. Um the Maryland crash, where the I believe it was a Mooney went into the uh, power tower, power tower, power uh, tower, tower of power. I don't. This, this is, is what happens a... when you put the tail on backwards. Yeah, I know, right? This is not even a prelim. I don't believe this is just more scuttlebutt. But, this is this is Yahoo News. Yeah, but uh, but apparently, the, I mean, there's more evidence, and there's just you know, it's just what it is. But that this pilot was struggling. He this was, is, this he was is having clearly an IFR into obstacle problem. Yeah. He was struggling. He was having a hard time. If you read the, if you read the ATC transcripts and, and just kind of, and look at the track, you got to wonder, was this guy completely clear on where used he to was be a, where uh, he's supposed to be going? And uh, yeah, there used to be an accident cause or contributing factor called improper IFR. Really? And it's kind of gone by the wayside. In fact, in part, because we have, um, uh, many more category, categorizations for improper IFR to kind of refine the data. But if there's a poster child in recent memory for improper IFR, this guy might, in fact, be that poster mm-hmm. child. But, it reminds me of the guy who pulled the Cirrus chute after trying to get into Charlotte, North Carolina, and they told him to go away because he was having problems shooting the approach. Such bad problems that they suggested that he find another airport and he he ultimately pulled the chute i hope he did it right over charlotte i don't know he fluttered down somewhere i mean everybody walked away everybody walked away 
Speaking of which, the Vision Jet, you guys talk about that? No, what's what we the didn't, video? the one that pulled down here at Kissimmee or yeah. Williston or whatever it was. Yeah. I, no, I, what happened? What was the issue? What was the incident? I can't tell you why, but there was something this guy really didn't like on takeoff with his engine. And oh, you're, ta- you're talking about the second one. There was one yeah, down in Florida. One. Now I'm talking this about was, the second one. Yeah, okay. You're Indianapolis talking about yeah, yeah, or somewhere yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And so he pulled the chute and came right down by the retention pond at the airport. Yeah. And he couldn't have been 1,500 feet in the air, I'd bet. No, he, he wasn't 1,500 feet from the runway, I don't hmm. think. I wonder what the recommended minimum altitude for pulling that, popping that chute I'm is. sure it's lo- look upable. It's, it's pretty low, believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they don't make any promises about what, how you're going to feel you when can, you hit the ground. Yeah, you can but. pull it in any altitude, and you, whether or not you're around to discuss it. Well, later that's why I said recommended topic. minimum, but yeah, yeah. okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, that's that's an interesting. Yeah. There was another. There's video of it. That's why I brought it. Back. Yeah, there's another accident. Um, <laughs> okay, thank you. We need more video on yes, this episode, we, we, right? Yeah. There's another accident in, uh, I want to say, September. Yes. It was a brand-new SR-22. And it was three days old or something. The pilot and an instructor had just gone, just picked it up from Duluth. And they were somewhere else. But um, short final, engine flamed out at 22, engine quit. Um, and blah, 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 blah. they found the possibility of a um, uh, fuel line had not been properly torqued Ooh. at the factory. At the That's going to be expensive. Yeah. There was blue staining around where the fitting right. was um, on the engine or uh, yeah. under the under the, uh, under the the cowling. And, uh, again, brand-new airplane. Yeah. And they popped chute, too. They they uh, did not pop the chute. Okay. Uh, they – they, um, And I'm totally not second-guessing people for choosing to pop the chute. If that was the right choice, that's cool with me. But – Popping the chute destroys the airframe, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. The airplane's done at that point. Well, I think I think the odd SR twenty two can be rebuilt or twenty two or twenty. Yeah. It needs uh, to go back to the factory. It needs to go back done. to the factory, or there's a specialized shop that does that. And and in the meantime, you should probably go start flying something else. Yeah. Okay. But uh, I'm pretty sure the the, the Vision Jet, the SF fifty, doesn't have that capability at this yeah. point. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Okay. Um, over the years, in this podcast, we tried to popularize the nickname, the DC-3, the District of Columbia right. three small airfield, GA airports, that had survived the, uh, what was it called, the, uh, the, 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 basically the DC special flight rules for... Right. You survived for, uh, the CIFRA, survived the... For the 9-11 freeze, range. survived um, special, what was it? I want to say special class Bravo or yeah. enhanced Bravo. That's what it was. But the DC three is all, now DC two. DC three is mm. now DC two. Um, Hyde Executive in uh, Clinton, Maryland, I believe it is, um, has closed. Yeah, it's, it, it has long been a threatened field. Right, is privately owned. The uh, um, um, owner. Uh, didn't really keep it up. There was a, a stone quarry nearby that, that has collected its share of aluminum over the years. Um, but um, oh, okay. I get it now. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, but um, finally, market forces or, yeah. or or 
people getting old, deciding to sell their assets or whatever. Um, the airport has been sold. The airport is closed. Yeah, they're going to turn it into a housing project. They're going to turn it into a housing project. Yeah. Sure. Uh, now, latest, this is not the, the airport mall. that your buddy owns, or is it? No, it's not. It, it's I, very near I knew. There. I know the. I knew. I know the uh, uh, now retired or now former airport manager at Hyde, Stan Fetter. Stan uh, and I kind of sort of go back a long, long way. Mm-hmm. He used to run the. Uh, traffic reporting operation for the dc area uh-huh. he had a fleet of 172s and and um they were getting you know each airplane i don't know six of them maybe we're getting like six hours a day flying out here there and yawn all over the dc area his his big problem was keeping engines in them <laughs> uh, and keeping pilots and, and things like that but anytime back in the day you heard a, a live report on dc traffic uh, it was it was courtesy of his operation, and he ran the airport. He you know chief cook and bottle washer and that kind of thing, but um, it's all done now. I used to fly out of there. I, I didn't. I was never based there, but I've flown in and out of there a lot. Even uh, even with the DC seems like streets. a very convenient location. It's incredibly except convenient. for the yeah. special rules. Yeah, except for the special rules. Now that's Hyde Executive, uh, just literally just next door. The patterns almost intersect. Um, was is uh, Potomac Airfield, yeah, okay. and yeah, a friend of mine owns that, and is, and I'm sure is dedicated to keeping it open because it's already paid yeah. for. You know? Well, but so some the point, so, he may get some of that, some of that those airplanes from from high. He may, he may. Um, the 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 dark lining though is that you know everything's hangar restricted. There's nobody has any spare hangar space in that area. Um, and that was one of the big things that people were having trouble with, uh, which is fairly typical. But um, at the same time, no one has any hangar space. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that, that, at least by me, that airport will be missed. That counts just off the top of my head three airports that I used to fly in and out of. Yeah. Uh, that are no longer there. So remaining now in that area is uh, is is Potomac. Potomac and uh, c- uh, College College, College Park, Park, which College is Park. further north. Well, it's the, north. the other yeah. part of the DC three. College now, Park now is too. like historically notable, right? College Park. It's is one of the. It was one of the first real airports yeah, in the yeah. U.S. Yeah. If not the world. Yeah. Um, and it's oh, the other thing is it's it's um, been in constant operation as an airport since yeah then. i remember that's, i think that's the that's other a great factor. stat it's too yeah. bad it's so relatively hard to go there because yeah. that'd be a great airport to put in your logbook if you get yeah. if, just telling people if you if you live in the dc area and um, you want to fly in or out of these airports yeah you have to get a special uh, decoder ring from the tsa and the faa and probably the fbi and secret service and all these all these alphabet soups um once you do it, you're done. You don't have to go back and right. reapply or anything like that. It's relatively easy to do. If you're squeamish about getting fingerprinted, perhaps you might not want to do this. But, um, yeah, it's it's easy. It's good for all three airports. You don't have to – you're not restricted to one or all both of the airports. Both of these airports, me. yeah, right. Um, and it's certainly worthwhile. So if you're, if you're in the D.C. area, reach out to uh, – um, I forget the College Park Airport manager's name, uh, and or the uh, uh, Potomac Airport manager, right? And um, try to set it up. It's yeah. worth it's worthwhile. Do I a st- landing, buy I st- some gas. Yeah, I still have mine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very cool, very cool. Uh, maybe finally, uh, 
the final 747 has rolled off the, the final line. 747 yes, yeah and yeah. uh talk about end end of an era all right who would have thought ingenuity would outlast the 747 I don't know what that means exactly. I don't know what that means. <laughs> okay. Um, it didn't. It didn't exactly. But I'll bet you this. Yeah. That uh, there will be 747s flying um, beyond Ingenuity's oh, yeah. lifespan. Oh, yeah. Easily. That, I think, is 50 and years prob- from- And probably yeah. when we finally, a human finally lands on Mars, there will still be 747s yeah. Yeah. No. flying. Yeah. 50 plus years from now, Basler will be re-engineing them. All right? Yes. It's like, you yes. know, uh, it's, yeah, 747s. They'll be putting the uh, pusher configuration. Yeah, right. I don't know. I was, thinking, I was trying to figure out. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be, they'll be, they'll be putting electric ion powered, you know, engines on them or something yes. like that, you know. Um but uh, yeah, no. I mean, I, we've talked about this over the years. This is one, this is on my list of of just truly elegant airplane designs over the years. The seven. Have four. you ever been and seen the production line for it? It's really cool. I never. Well, I never I'm, will well, now. Now right? I'm very very glad that I went. Yeah. And yeah. when I was there, I got to see that production line, and then I got to go over and see the seven eight seven line, mm. and it was so quiet on the seven eight seven line. Because they're just pouring carbon fiber. It there. was yeah, yeah it was yeah. total different. It's like yeah, yeah hum to the but thing. Now, all right, tell us a little bit about the seven four line though. What was that like? It was cool because you could see the structures in in there. You know, before they they get glued together, so the cockpit and the part that's two storied has a different shape to it, and and it it was very cool to be able to walk down this this like. Um, catwalk in between and look over and see you know they're making the the front the nose area mm-hmm. and over here you know wings are starting to come together to things and now they're starting to pull it all together now the undercarriage is starting to come on um and it's it's a very slow moving but it's moving mm-hmm. there's a line and it's moving the whole time um towards the end mm-hmm. and they're very green that's the other thing. So it came off the line, yeah. and it's very green. Uh, it it doesn't look anything like it will look like by the time it, it finally gets yeah. to Boeing Field. So up in yeah. Everett. So end of an era. Last 747 Absolutely. built, made. I, I agree with Jeb completely, though. They're going to be around for a long, long, long yeah. time to come. Yeah. Um, anyways, um, I think it's fork time. Anything else we should talk about that we haven't talked about? Um what kind of fork? A four-prong, three-prong? What are we talking yeah, about? Well, okay. So if you watch Big Bang Theory, <laughs> you know that, a, a, that that three prongs is not a fork. Four, four prongs is a fork. Three prongs is a trident, right? <sighs> okay. This is why I don't watch programs like that. Sheldon Cooper taught me this. <laughs> Anyways, thank you, guys. I don't have my little notes in front of me, so I can't do the elaborate things. But, uh, Amy, thank you. Um, you know, you're like, like like living the good life these days. There's nothing you want to promote, right? Is there anything you want Absolutely to promote? Absolutely nothing I want to promote except the beauty of sunshine on, on a great day to go flying. Yeah. Thanks for coming by. We appreciate your make well a big big sacrifice on your part to get in your airplane and go flying. You in the gave morning. me a good excuse to go flying. Yeah. Come on, guys. Yeah, it was great for the three of us to get together <laughs> like this. It was a great lot Absolutely. of fun. Thank you. And Jeb, the magazine, Aviation Safety Magazine, and blah 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 blah. Are either of you on Mastodon yet? No. Oh, you I, are. I am. Oh yeah, you're on Mastodon. Yeah. Wait, you're on my transponder Mastodon. Yeah. Same name though, Burnside J, uh-huh. right? Yeah. If you're on Mastodon, you can figure that out. I think that's enough information. And Amy, I'm you also made on, the lead I'm yet, also right? on Post News, um, but I don't even remember my handle there. So. Yeah. 
Are you on post? You got I into am, post? I'm on post news. Oh, I hate you. I wanted to get in. I, <coughs> you I'm still on the can. I'm on the list. They never sent me a thing. All right. I'll like, you're this. just not living right, man. I'm not important. I'm not like a big. I, I never had a flying magazine article byline. It wasn't an article. It was an I learned about flying from that. Still, was, those are the And best I didn't thing. get paid, I'm sure, because. Uh, other than, other yeah, than Amy's. Did. Really? Uh, yeah. Okay. Other than Amy's cover story, that was the best thing in the magazine. Right? <laughs> I've, I've got the hard copy in my. Yeah. In, yeah. There you go. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Anyways, thank you, folks. And I'm Jack. I do digital media, and uh, um, I guess that's all for now. Um, yeah. you know, we're on. Uh, if you want to help us out, Patreon. We're on Patreon.com/slash Uncontrolled Airspace, and you could go and send us uh, uh, some some uh, some uh, uh, coffee money, beer money, <laughs> by way of PayPal. Uh, care of podcast at UncontrolledAirspace.com. Send us your emails to tell us what you think, and uh, um, that's it for now. Otherwise. Uh, 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 that's enough talking. Let's go flying. And remember, there are three secrets to making good landings. Unfortunately, no one knows what they are. 